This is the Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and heck, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it, and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to help you, help you to deepen the learning, speed the implementation of the great ideas, and accelerate the route to your greatest aspirations and an extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. We'd love to hear what stood out for you in this episode. So please go to our Facebook group, that's The Ignition Show on Facebook, and join if you haven't yet. And let us know what you heard from this episode that really impacted you. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the episode. So I think this episode with Udo was very, very timely for us. 100%. I mean, we've been talking about um, you know, what we want our life to look like and health always comes up as pretty much number one for both of us. And just to give some context to this, um, did you want to discuss well, we what's did, been going on in, in well, our lives? Yeah, we just had a very, very challenging year, well, two years, very challenging year in the last many, many months with family health issues and time away from our own house and being on the road a lot and Tending to ailing parents ailing who have parents. since passed. Yeah. And, um, and we should also mention that both your parents have, uh, this in this year, both your parents have died of cancer, which has been a wake-up call. I'll speak for myself. It's been a wake-up call for me, for sure. And, and especially because they're both of a different generation and different beliefs where they went with the traditional medical route of, you know, trusting the doctors and the traditional, um, I won't actually not traditional, the mainstream medical route. And it made me think of, okay, what would I do in that situation? But more importantly, probably like, what would I do now knowing that that's a possibility, right? Like, how would I change more specifically? How would I change my life um, to prevent that from happening to to me or to us? Like what well, what would I do to optimize my health now? Well, yeah, and I think we've had the we've had the specific conversation of if we were diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Now, what would we change? Yes. And then the immediate follow up question is, why not change that now? Totally. Right. Um, so this, this conversation with Udo, uh, I know the conversation wasn't about, uh, cancer by any stretch, but it was about health. And I really appreciated his eight keys, eight, eight parts, eight key parts to, um, total sexy health as brought to you by nature. And, um, it really just, a, it wasn't less, less a reminder, but a reinforcement of the importance of a holistic approach when you're thinking about health. You know, what surprised me about your entire conversation, he's made his reputation he's made his name he's made his business based on oils like omega-3 omega-4 uh, omega-3 and omega-6 and the importance of proper oils and he's he's sold oil like the products um and made lots of money right like he's made his his business 
um, and his career thus far on with oils. That was a very small part of your conversation. And it sounds like, and I haven't read his book, but I, I'm about to get it. Um, th most of your conversation was about the inner journey to health, not only about how to treat your body, but how to really tap into your emotional health and your, your beliefs and thoughts and, and everything else that goes on, which was actually surprising to me to hear that conversation coming from a guy who's made presumably yeah. millions selling oils. Yeah. And also a little reassuring that this is a guy who has spent 40 years studying health and wellness and, and what it takes to live an optimal healthy life. And it comes down to not buying, you know, crazy supplements and systems and everything else that could be part of it. But a bigger part is he didn't say it, but meditation, tapping into your, to your inner core, releasing a lot of things. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm kind of, um, filling a lot of some gaps, but that's what I took away from it. And, and that was surprising, but refreshing. Yeah. I think if you look at people who are really living in the health, like really like optimizing health world, and really uh, kind of the leading edge of understanding what does it really take to create vitality from a cellular basis in your body. Um, everyone in that field knows the holistic approach is where the answers are. Yeah. And I think if anyone is listening to this or, you know, you know, people who are like, Oh, I want to, I want to be healthier. I need to, I need to like, I don't know, like cut down on potato chips. Like that was like a half a percent of what people need to be looking at. And I've got another interview coming up in a couple of weeks. With another expert in the a different angle, but in the in you know looking at uh, human optimization and health as a part of that, but they also look at really data driven facts around what makes our body function optimally, and um, there's no doubt that a holistic approach has to be taken. And I think we're living in a very interesting time right now with with uh, with research and, and data and the technology that we have, even the wearable technology. Um, it's really fascinating time and there's no, I guess one thing, little thought that comes to my mind when I was listening to the, or listening back to the Udo conversation was there really isn't, you know, probably 95% of the population. There's no excuse. There really is no excuse, no limitation, I should say, to having a more optimal, healthy life. Right. And as he said, it always starts with where you're at now, um, how to get better. Um, but you're right. A lot of the stuff that he was talking about is absolutely free. In fact, all it takes is some time and energy and motivation. Yeah. And that is one thing. I mean, the physical health, if we put that aside, we've had a very busy year. We've been, I feel like we've been on the go, either taking care of, taking care of parents, taking care of a newborn, uh, taking care of business. I feel like this in, year plus has been on the go. And as he said, once you start doing, your world gets really small. Once you start being, it opens you up and connects you to the universe. And I think that's what I look forward to in the next year is if life allows it, you know, if circumstances allow it, and I, I say that with a caveat because who knows what could come up, but that would be something I would look forward to is really tapping into the inner world mm -hmm. and taking that time to tap into the inner world as it relates to health. Yeah. 
And um, if I think back to some of the specific things that Udo talked about, one thing that struck me, yeah, it was a reinforcement of, you know, he was talking about his energy levels and he says, well, well how do I get more energy? Well, I don't waste it as much as other people. Oh, that's so brilliant. And, you know, I think anybody, ourselves included, could kind of do a bit of an audit on our days and look at not only where we waste energy, but I think how we waste energy. Well, I just think of how, how many times have I been frustrated? Um, at me? Never. <laughs> actually Never rare, in the last rare, hour. rarely at you lately um but frustration anger um you know frustration with the you know situation often whether you're sitting in traffic and you're frustrated because you're supposed to be somewhere and you're not there yet and i've actually the past few months i've just kind of tested that where i'm I, I feel like i'm running late and you know me i always like to be a few minutes ahead of schedule but i feel like i'm running late and the times that I just kind of let go and be like, you know what, everything's going to work out. More often than not, I show up and the person I'm supposed to meet is running late as well. And we kind mm. of run. I know you're, you're giving mm. me that eye like, oh, uh, yes, I can relax a little bit when it comes to that. But I think that was that's a big part of the message I took away from this is just to relax. And one thing he said um, when as we, re we listened to this in the car just on the way on the way home today and one of the things that struck me that totally resonated was he said and I'll, I'll paraphrase again that we don't need to do anything to feel fulfilled mm. that we are already fulfilled and and I related to that because with a newborn where I am the primary caregiver I often feel at the end of the day that I've done nothing and that my day has no purpose and I know I'm keep, keeping a, a miniature human alive, but I'm used to achieving. That's, that is how I've graded myself in terms of um, success or whatever grade. It's often achievement and how have I done things and have I been productive, the complete A-type personality. So in the past few months, I've, at the end of the day, I put, you know, we finally get him to bed and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't feel fulfilled. You know, not every day, because the miniature human is is a very nice, nicely fulfilling, you know, achievement. But there are days where I, I feel not productive. And just his comment there of saying, I am already fulfilled. I don't have to do anything. Mm. Just kind of made me sit back and think, huh, yeah, you know, that's I I am enough. It's another way of saying I am enough. Well, in, in, in a slightly different language that he also used, I don't. I, I relate less with the I'm already fulfilled, but the idea that he said of of when I get that thing done, I'm going to feel good. I'll feel good at the end of today. Yeah. If I can just get that one project taken care of, then I'll feel good. And and this was part of that conversation. Yeah. And it's and versus I feel I feel good already. Right. And I'm going to do that thing. Yes. But and I'll, not, I'll bring my goodness, my yeah, feeling good, exactly. to that activity. Yeah. Exactly. And I think so many times we have these, uh, but it's deeper than bad, bad habits. It's, it's, um, well, for rules. me, it's a belief. It's or, a rule. Yeah. So it's a rule that I can't feel a certain way until I achieve something or make something happen. And I think when you're talking about feelings like, like I'm feeling good or I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling fulfilled, I think those are really fundamental things. We've talked about this in the last handful of podcasts as well. Really fundamental things. It's a great, it's a great reminder that. We do have these within us, and it sounds like maybe a, I don't know, sometimes an esoteric kind of comment, but it certainly is an evolved comment 
And it's absolutely true that we don't have to, by and large, have to do anything to feel the feelings that we want to feel. Yeah. We can have the capacity within us, all of us do, have the capacity within us to feel a certain way. And I think, again, the themes that have been emerging in the last handful of podcasts is, is what if you brought those feelings that you want to the situation, right. to your parenting, to your task, to your bro- uh, project, to your business, to your work, and just decided, I'm going to show up that way. Yeah. And it's when you start doing that, you realize, wow, I have wasted a lot of days. Yeah. Made a lot of days kind of crappy because I've been waiting for something to happen to 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 impact how I feel. Yeah. Can we talk about can we talk about the physical health for a second? We certainly can. I love that you asked him about fried eggs and grass-fed butter because mm. those are staples in our household or have been until this this episode. And I was a little surprised, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't have been, at the grass-fed butter. He's like, yeah, you can allow it. Whereas we've been eating it like full-on because mm. the belief was, through listening to other people who are focused on brain health, that grass-fed butter, butter is one of the best things for brain health. And he's like, uh, I'll allow it in a small dose. And it's kind of like because it's a vice, not because it's nearly any anything near healthy. And it makes me wonder, you know, when you bought the six pounds of grass-fed butter on sale last week, is if is if this is something we should be eating on a regular basis, let alone how the amount we eat every day. And it also makes me think of how many things that we fry on a daily basis. I've been, you know, my diet, my day starts off with two fried eggs every morning. And after after you told me about this interview, because we record these about two weeks before they go out we've started eating poached eggs when possible. You know, when when we're at home, it's been poached. And it makes me feel better, if nothing else, just psychologically that I'm doing a better thing. Well, I, th- I think the, there's a couple of important distinctions in there. With the fried eggs, um, I don't know. And I didn't get a chance to ask him, but I, I can certainly follow up with an email. If there's a density, his comment was about frying, was the burning, the charring, the browning. Which is the best part of the egg. But, but we also rarely do that, get it that far. That's true. Right? That's true. It cooks the egg true. in oil, but I have no issue using water. Like We don't need the oil from a flavoring point of view. You're we right. We do it from a sticky point of view. Everything's got Teflon on it. You're right. Um, and um, so that was one thing. But yeah, we do fry a lot, but rarely is it, not that I'm trying to justify it, but, rare, <laughs> but I think for clarity, rarely is it getting to the point where we're we're getting it to it's like like we're using it more as a lubricant than we are for. I don't know you say that, but I've seen you do the vegan sausages in the in the frying pan, and sure. they're they're browned on sure. on either end when you chop sure. them up. Yeah. And potatoes are always better when they're crispy, which is browned. Yeah. You know there are, there are things that we do that maybe it is a matter of like if we really like them this much, we could look at air frying stuff. Or just find, as he said, finding other ways to cook butter, them. Water, other ways to cook it. And, and the other thing about the butter was, um, he said it's okay as long as you're getting your other omegas. Right. So it certainly is a reminder to um, look at our own supplementation on what we're getting. We do eat a lot of fish as well. We do. So we'll have to have that. We haven't had that conversation yet. His his point of that was a little disappointing. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we eat a lot of fish. We don't eat meat, but we do eat fish as a primary source of our protein. Because it's an easy vehicle for protein for us. So, yeah, that was disappointing that he said, essentially, cut it out. If you're doing the best thing for you. And I'm definitely open to this. 
the one thing, and I'm this is fully transparent, because we created these after shows as um, you know, how are we going to take your interviews and what we learned and kind of talk about how it applies to our life and things that we would change and things that we've learned. And this <laughs> you've called me out on it, not necessarily on the during the after shows, but afterwards you're like, I didn't hear, you know, a true commitment from you that you're gonna focus on forgiveness or you're gonna focus on, you know, learning more and things like that. This is one thing that I will double down on commitment that I, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think it was just great timing and I'm looking forward to your other health related interviews in the future. And I know there's a couple coming out because this is given everything that we've had in our life in the past year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to double down on this and I'm, I want to read more about Udo's, what he has to say around oils and around, and I really do want to learn more about supplementation and, uh, and we talked about it just after this episode. We're like, okay, so what does that mean for raising our little boy who's four months old right now? What does, you know, oftentimes pediatricians say, give them meat because they need extra iron. Well, what does that mean from an optimal health perspective? Yeah. Not just what mainstream medicine says. Yeah. So you have my full commitment that I am going to act on this in terms of optimizing my health. In the next year, I'm gonna work on it step by step, but this was a really good start. And I think, um, as you know, I'm a big fan of going inward and I feel like I haven't had a lot of chances to go inward raising a four month old right now. Um, I love the fact that he talked about Joe Dispenza because I'm a huge fan of Dr. Joe's work. As you know, I went to a week long retreat of his last year yep. and um, yeah, I'm doubling down on this one. You can, you can follow up with me in a year or sooner. Did... <laughs> I'll be checking sooner. Like, <laughs> like I'll put something in my calendar for two weeks from now. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, you're not, yeah. I, so I'm not quite clear what you're doubling down on, but um we will check in in a couple of weeks to see what you said i know we just listened to the episode and we were gonna have a conversation anyway about our health and kind of resetting ourselves so yeah. i think this is a good it's an absolute great contribution to that conversation we we're gonna have to make sure that we are doing everything that we can in the light of my parents in the light of a newborn in the light of life only getting busier how do we make sure we're carving out time because we both our number one value is health and um I think for a lot of, uh, maybe I speak for myself, but I think for a lot of people, I think there's a massive, there's just a massive difference. I don't know, maybe it's a, what the right metaphor or analogy is, like a logarithmic curve or like a pyramid. It's like, um, it's like a lot of people we know are quote unquote pretty healthy. Yeah. You know, which I think for a large, for our generation, I'm putting both of us in the same generation, growing up, the message you would get about being pretty healthy or what's not good for you it was kind of like avoid the junk. Right. Avoid the junk, the potato chips, the chocolate bars, the fat, the fried, f greasy, greasy burgers, right? Yeah. And I think the, the knowledge and the wisdom that we have now in the world com and combined with the mm, crazy changes to our food supply that you, it's really hard to trust what is really good for you. Um, the whole logarithm of the curve point was the idea of being "quote unquote" pretty healthy, there's a uh, there's a ten x difference, maybe a hundred x difference between being pretty healthy and very healthy. Yes. And that doesn't mean being radical. It doesn't mean being well. It would you know, to some. Well, perhaps it would. It would to some, but it doesn't. But it doesn't mean being 
crazy radical. It means being smart on what, what true health comes from. Right. And I would also say, and maybe this is my personal bias, it means not necessarily doing what mainstream is, is doing. It's, it's looking at who's at the forefront of, of various aspects of health and who yeah. are the masters in their area. Yeah. And they're, they're not your GP. No, definitely not. Yeah, and I also think, as it relates to one of Udo's eight points, is um, a big part of. I, I absolutely agree with what he said. Education is important, but so is inspiration. Yeah. And just like we've had the personal experience that you go to some event or a seminar and you come out all charged up, and that's what inspiration is. And inspiration alone doesn't sustain things, but without inspiration, we You're hear people talking likely. about all the time. I should make a change. Right. I would like to make. Uh, you know, eat a little bit better. But if there isn't a deeper motivation or shift or vision or purpose or, you know, drive to do something really differently, fundamentally, most of our, most of our people don't stick with it. And I know we we won't stick with it. So, um, yeah, we, we need to have the, the inspirational part of it as well, which directly links to our life purpose and the mission that we're after and what we want to achieve. So did anything that came out of your interview with Udo make you want to change an aspect of your health apart from what we'd already been talking about? Oh, um, well, I think the thing that resonated with me back to his, again, his eight points, starting with awareness and what well, he talked a lot about, um, I like, I actually liked, and I, I reiterated on the, on the statement on the, on the recording a couple times, he talked about the ache in your heartache. He talked about that a and, lot. And then yeah. he said, like, get, get behind it, just behind that. What's there. Right. And you find that by being, you know, and that's where we got into the conversation. What was it? Meditation? Is it mindfulness? What is it? Or just sitting with yourself? You know, given the year that we've had and we've, we've talked about this, I'm looking forward to just having some space. Having some space to reset, reboot, kind of take care of some of the, the physical clutter in our house that's been piling up because we've barely been home the last two months. Um, and uh, just kind of clear, do some decluttering. And I think this is a perfect time of year to do it and kind of set us up for next year. So I don't have an immediate answer for that other than starting. the starting point is just to sit with it a little bit more. Because we have talked about these things. Oh, yeah, we, we want to reduce our sugar. We want to do this. I mean, we're good for a little while, but it's tactical. We're always good for a month or two, and then yeah, we it's fall tactical. Off. It's not purpose-led. Purpose yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So really I think that's, that's what would be my commitment is to spend some time and uh, I don't know yet exactly when that will be, but between now and the end of the year to really just spend some time sitting and not rushing into an answer. Cause I think part of the rushing into an answer and trying to get into action is not sitting. It's not really, really getting honest on what really matters, not getting really, really honest on what is truly important. And also I think not getting really honest on what is it really going to take to consistently execute that. Yeah. And what do we want to, you know, potentially sacrifice or get rid of? And are we okay with that? Yeah. And when it comes to a lot of dietary stuff, I think we're on the same page. We don't need a lot of stuff that we have been consuming. We don't need it. I think the hardest part is when we go out for dinner or even more so when we go to friends' houses for dinner. Because I already feel like we're, you know, we have a lot of um, restrictions between my gluten and, you know, no meat and... Yeah, everything. Else. I think it's. I think it's a challenge, but I. I would. I would encourage both of us to watch or careful of the stories we have. Hundred percent. That, that's hard or difficult. Not just what you said, but someone else. I was having this conversation with someone else, another client, very recently. Um, be, be very mindful of the stories that we tell ourselves of the, 
what's hard or difficult are the barriers that get in the way because I can just add extra layers that may not be necessary. Yeah, good point. So, uh, shall we check back in a couple weeks? Let's check back in a couple weeks. High five to that. So there you have it, our after show edition. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We actually read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing your real live voice, and you can leave comments and questions for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen. And I'm Sarah Jansen. And this is The Ignition Show.